Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting today from Agreco Studios. Agreco, powering the Permian. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We're going to be joined by David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine, to talk about all of the moving pieces that are happening in the oil and gas sector. And you know, they're moving fast. So we're going to talk about oil prices, what's going on with Trump, his meeting on Friday with some of the major energy companies, as well as what a Pioneer and Parsley are doing, talking to the Texas Railroad Commission and what they wish to try to do. But first, I'd like to talk to you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. The feature cover is Tracy Bentley, who is the CEO of Permian Basin Strategic Partnership. For more information, this is a great story. You know, this is a brand new organization that was created by some of the major operators in the Permian Basin area. And their operators and this organization, you can learn all about it if you go to shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Again, that's Shell Magazine. Our cover is featuring Tracy Bentley, the CEO of the Permian Basin Strategic Partnership. I'd also like to encourage you to join Teak. Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. It's one of the fastest growing pro-energy business networking groups in Texas. For more information, you should go to txenergyadvocates.org. Again, that's txenergyadvocates.org. And now I'd like to bring on a featured guest, Nick Waters, who is actually with TMI Solutions, LLC. Now, Nick, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Well, thanks for having us. Well, we were so excited to see that what you guys are working on. Um, you know, everybody has got this downtime, if you will, where they say we're supposed to be working from home, but it's really hard when no one wants to work. Uh, and I got this uh, email from your group about uh, some new stuff that you guys are working on that really is very timely to help us understand the coronavirus. And so you are the GIS manager for TMI Solutions, LLC. Tell me a little bit about, first of all, TMI Solutions, and then, of course, what you're working on. Sure. So TMI Solutions is a technology-driven service company. Uh, we focus primarily on project planning, construction, operations, and logistics. And we're really, really focused on infrastructure, energy, and utilities. So, you know, one of the things that, that's starting to emerge is all of the energy sector companies that are going and, you know, retooling, if you will, switching gears to help in this pandemic. And there are many, many uh, different uh, energy companies doing this. And you guys are one of them. And so I wanted to bring you in front of our listenership. What you actually created is a website. First of all, I want to commend TMI Solutions for doing this. Um, I know this is not necessarily in your wheelhouse, but you guys have a lot to offer uh, in the normal oil and gas sector that was that blended nicely with trying to help in the pandemic. So first of all, this website that you guys created, tell me about the website. What, it's, what is it designed to do? So as I mentioned earlier, you know, TMI is a technology-focused services company. And we're primarily recognizing the oil field by deploying uh, geospatial and asset management technology. So uh, let me give you an example of what geospatial means. 
Um, imagine you're a manager and you have hardware scattered across the city. Uh, how do you share that information with your team so they understand where everything is and what condition it's in? That's the kind of technology and work that we do every day. And when this COVID-19 issue came up in the news, we thought, let's take what we've learned from the oil field and transfer it to the cheese case. And um, we figured it would be especially useful to first responders and our healthcare community. So when somebody, and, and thank you, by the way, by doing that, but what can someone expect if they go and visit the website? And first of all, what is the website? Give us the address, and then what can they find on this website? So, yes, you can find this on uh, TMI's homepage website. It is tmisolutionsllc.com. And if you scroll down to the middle of that page, you can find two links. One of them is more equipped for your desktop, and the other is more equipped for a mobile device. And within those, the maps have several different layers that are pertinent to the COVID-19 cases. So, for instance, um, we've added a layer that finds the uh, counties that have shelter-in-place orders. Uh, layer um, that locates hospital locations. We added a layer um, to understand the density of the COVID-19 cases by county as well. Um, we even added a layer to understand the distribution of population around the state. And unfortunately, COVID has a particularly high impact to seniors. And we can see uh, how our population of seniors are distributed around our community and around our state. And you know, Kim, there's actually another really useful piece of information as well. Um, one of the unfortunate impacts of this pandemic are uh, the number of kids that are out of school. Right. Um, a lot of people don't realize it, um, but a large percentage of Texas kids get their food from school. So uh, what we decided to, to add in there as well that we thought was useful um, was to locate these schools that had closures and these kids... Uh, to locate the schools that have closures and the school districts that are providing meals for the kids. And that's added on the website. Excellent. You know, one of the things that the station in San Antonio that we're on, um, the station Salem is basically doing a drive as well currently right now as we uh, are doing this show uh, to raise money for these children because a lot of them, of course, they're, some of their best meals were what was provided to them in school. And so we're collecting a, a drive right now uh, to try to raise money to, to, of course, provide more meals. So I want to say thank you, Nick, for joining us and coming on and telling us about your website. Uh, give the website one more time for any listeners so they can track data you know, as it's happening and unfolding. You, they can go and get the information straight from your website. Right. You can find the updated information uh, daily on tmisolutionsllc.com. Excellent. And that is where you can locate that. Okay. Well, thank you, Nick, for coming on. We look forward to having you back on the show here in the near future. Thank you. Absolutely, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. For more information on what's going on with the coronavirus and if you want updated, accurate information, please visit tmisolutionsllc.com. And now it's time for me to welcome on the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show this week. Hey, it's another beautiful day in coronavirus, Texas. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't be laughing about it, but I wasn't expecting that. I apologize. Um, you know, I guess it is. And as long as we're all healthy 
and symptom-free, I guess it is a great day in Texas. For our listeners, we normally have uh, guests that come on and join us. And as a result of the pandemic and everybody just kind of staying close to home and everybody's dealing with so much, you and I decided the best thing to do is just hold these shows, just you and I, so we can cover a lot of information that as it's you know, happening. And boy, oh boy, the oil and gas industry is cooking. It's on fire in so many different directions. And I'm worried that we're not going to be able to get to all of it in this week's show. So let's begin. You recently released an article on Forbes, which you also write for Forbes. You are a very, very busy man, in which where you were talking about the oil and gas merger and acquisition deals and uh, the lack of what's happening in that space. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what uh, what is going on there. Yeah, I based that piece on a, uh, a new report we got from Inveris, which uh, is formerly you know, the company known as Drilling Info out of Austin, Texas, a great company that was actually their CEO was on our cover just a couple of issues ago, Alan Gilmer. That's right. Um, and and they, they track mergers and acquisitions activity in the oil and gas space on a quarterly basis and, and, and issue a new report every quarter. This quarter, you know, this report uh, tallied everything up to the first quarter of this year, you know, of course, which is the quarter in which we've experienced this massive price drop. And not surprisingly, uh, the pace of merger and acquisition activity has crashed along with the price. Uh, Embarrass was able to just detail $770 million in deals that were conducted during the first quarter. Over the last 10 years, the quarterly average dollar amount for oil and gas-related deals is over $8 billion. So this is 90% less than the average Wow. Uh, that they know is, and it's the lowest quarter that they've ever tallied. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons behind that. And uh, the main one is just the situation right now is so uncertain that the companies that are, you know, well capitalized and, you know, have a healthy balance sheet right now and that might be potential buyers of other companies, they don't want to move on anything because they just don't know where the market is going to go over the next several months. So, until this all settles down, until we have some stability in the markets, we're probably not going to see too many deals being made. So everyone is in a hurry up, but don't do anything kind of mood right now until yeah, uh, something exactly. happens. You know, there's a lot going on that we're going to get into after the break. President Trump is scheduled to meet with some oil executives, as well as the Texas Railroad Commission has been, um, there's a official request from some uh, independent operators here in Texas as well. A lot of things are changing very, very quickly. And this morning, we received a a tweet from President Trump discussing a potential meeting from uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia and his confidence level. So we're going to get ready for break. When we come back, we're going to cover all those topics so you don't want to go away. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200-kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators as well as battery power solutions. 
Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our free business snapshot that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media, and search engine optimization. All of these areas really affect how Google ranks your entire listing. So if ranking on page one is your goal, pick up the phone and call us now. 210-240-7188 or go to shalemag.com slash business snapshot. We'll be in contact with you within 24 hours. Once again, pick up the phone and call us now. 210-240-7188 or go to shalemag.com slash business snapshot. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G dot com slash business snapshot. Start dealing with a company you can trust and will always be there for you. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine and oil and gas guru, if you will. David, before the break, we were talking about all these different things that are breaking at the same time in, in, in energy news, if you will. And you being in the field for over 30 years uh, really puts you in an, uh, you know, an expert spot. I want to talk to you about President Trump and a meeting that is scheduled between U.S. oil and gas executives or Friday, and um, which they're going to discuss the historic crash was triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, some of the companies that are scheduled to meet with him are the ExxonMobil chief, Darren Woods, uh, Philip uh, 66's chief, Greg Garland, and everyone is familiar with Harold Hamm and his uh, involvement and, of course, his support for President Trump of Continental Resources. And I guess my question is, you know, their outline is going to be, of course, to talk about oil. What do you think they want to really talk about, of course, and then does it go anywhere, in your opinion? You know, I I view this as an effort uh, by these executives and by President Trump Frankly, it's more of an effort, I think, by President Trump to get the various players, the major players from various segments of the industry into one room and see if they can agree on anything. Because what we've seen so far, unfortunately, from the oil and gas industry is that it's not speaking with a single voice to these policymakers. And and whenever our industry is divided among itself, it becomes very hard for the government to help in any real way. So he's got he's got a major oil company in there, the biggest, ExxonMobil. Uh, he has Phillips 66, which is in the midstream and even the refining end of the business. And then he has Continental Resources, which is one of the big independent upstream producers of oil and gas. And I'm, I assume there will be other executives in there as well. But, uh, but uh, what I believe is happening here is the president is trying to get all these guys in the room and, and tell them, look, if y'all can't agree on anything, there's not a lot I can do to help you. Uh, you know, there have been a lot of proposals this week. We saw uh, the, the Energy Department talking about leasing space in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, for producers to use as storage because storage is filling up very rapidly, and there's several 
hundred million barrels of capacity in the strategic petroleum reserve that's not filled right now. There are royalty relief measures the government could take without any action from Congress. There are tax relief measures that Congress uh, could pursue if it looks like the industry can unify around things like that. You know, and I, I believe that Mr. Ham and probably other independents are going to be asking the president to consider limiting imports into this country from Saudi Arabia and Russia until they reach agreement among themselves to stop attacking the domestic shale industry, which is exactly what's happening here. So it's going to be an extraordinary discussion, a a very important meeting, and I hope, you know, something really good comes out of it. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. Well, you know, Harold Hamm has been very vocal about uh, putting uh, potentially are requesting tariffs on Saudi Arabia, and I know you talked about mm-hmm. that, but he seems to be pretty fired up about uh, this illegal dumping uh, of oil yeah. onto the market and that this is really designed to put the shell American producers out of business. And then at the same time, you have critics like uh, Scott Sheffield, who's also been on our cover, and Parsley Energy, who's also been on Shell Magazine's cover, saying kind of the opposite, that they want a meeting with the Texas Railroad Commissioners and to specifically talk about can they do anything because they're very upset that the major lobbying groups that, that you know, work for the industry, uh, specifically naming API and Texoga as this is something that they want to do is to eliminate a lot of the independent producers. Some of this, the interview that he did on MSNBC was pretty shocking. He pretty much said that if President Trump and the Texas Railroad Commission does not step in and do something quickly, that we could be looking at by 2021 less than 10 operators working. So that means 74 independent operators uh, would be gone. And, and, you know, for me, I'm looking at it like, well, you know, you think about it as a state, the revenue we're going to lose, the jobs we're going to lose, you know, the retraction that's going to happen in the state of Texas is just going to be devastating. So what do you and say? He's about? right about that. Um, I mean, he's, he's right in what the outcome could end up being if, if nobody does anything. I, you know, I don't really think that the companies like Exxon and, and the other big companies sit back and are eager for all these other companies to go out of business necessarily. But but when you're a fully integrated company, it, you don't really have any business case to make for an import fee or for limiting imports from other countries or anything like that because you're fully integrated. You have a refining arm right now that's going to be very profitable because they're paying twenty dollars a barrel for crude oil. Right. So they don't want they don't want to see a drop. <laughs> yeah. In, uh... And so these the integrated companies. I mean, it's not like they're I, – I worry that they get betrayed a lot as, as these evil businessmen, you know, sitting in their ivory towers uh, waiting for the independent producers to all go broke. But what they're really doing is managing their own business, right? I mean, these are people, they're business managers. They're managing their business. And their interests just don't coincide in this particular situation with independent producers. And so I certainly understand Scott's um, you know, frustrations there. Uh, and, and he's right about what the outcome is going to be if nothing gets done. Um, and, and so, well, it you know, seems it's, like it's in a North Dakota, situation. but it seems like in North Dakota, you've got Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, which is also where Continental Resources is coming out of. And they're both kind of saying the same thing. They want to see potentially tariffs placed on Saudi Arabia to hopefully motivate them to stop this uh, price war with yeah. Russia. You know, and at the same time, it seems as though um, President Trump's tweet 
today, you know, was talking about, of course, we're, we're pre-recording this, is, is that he believes in a couple of days. So by the time the show airs, potentially, there could be a discussion or some kind of an agreement in place. What do you think about that? Do you think that's potentially a, a possibility now? Uh, I, I, I think it's probably an outside possibility. This is a very complex situation. I, I don't think it's going to get resolved in a day. Uh-huh. But I, I'm sure we'll, by the time this show airs, we're going to be seeing news of whatever progress was being made. And uh, on Thursday, yeah. uh, the Russians denied there was any negotiation going on. I, I think they're probably being deceitful about that. But uh, What is going so, on with these countries? you got Russia and you got China not really talking truthful information. When we get back from break, I want to get on that topic. And I also want to talk about the Texas Railroad Commission is where can they go with this. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Psst. Hey, you. Do you want to join the fastest growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business. So you've got my attention. What is it? TEAK is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free. No charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash teak and click on the join link enter your information and we'll get you set up join the texas energy advocates coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today And welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, before the break, uh, we kind of got into all these moving parts pertaining to a meeting that is scheduled to happen on Friday with President Trump and some of the largest energy companies uh, to discuss specifically what's happening with Saudi Arabia and, of course, Russia. And I kind of took us into a break on what is happening between these different countries and not really leveling uh, with what's really going on. So, you know, we, 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 we saw a tweet come out from President Trump that they're he feels confident that these two are going to come to the table and come out with some kind of an agreement. And, again, I want to give you the floor. Do you really think that's possible? Well, I think it may be possible over a period of the next few days and weeks. Um, I don't think it's possible that anything's going to happen in one day because there's just trillions of dollars involved here, potentially. And it's a, such a complex situation. And frankly, I, you know, the world, we've lost 25% of global demand because we're closing our economy down and, and everyone else is to fight a virus. Right. Um, and, and so nobody's driving, nobody's using alone, and, and demand's off by 20 million barrels a day. Uh, so that's just not something that's going to get closed in a couple of days. But I want to I want to say one other thing about the concept of punishing Saudi Arabia and Russia for what they're doing here, okay. because that does need to happen. There does need to be consequences. And I'm sure President Trump is thinking along those lines. There needs to be consequences for what they're doing here and attacking a vital U.S. industry, just as there needs to be consequences for China for causing this viral pandemic that's shutting down everyone's economy because China, the Chinese government's dishonesty caused that. So when you get back to oil, though, and the Saudis in particular, the president has, you know, he's, he's got a lot of leverage with Saudi Arabia. I mean, one of our biggest refineries here in the United States is 100% owned by Saudi Aramco, the, 
the Motiva refinery in Houston, mm-hmm. and it imports millions of barrels of Saudi crude oil every day to go through that refinery. So, I mean, the Saudis have tremendous business interests here, and the president has a lot of leverage to use with Saudi Arabia, and he also has a lot of international leverage to use with the Russians. So I, I think he'll be doing that. I don't think he's going to be talking about it every day, <laughs> frankly. Uh, he's going to be doing a lot more behind the scenes than what we know. Right. And over the coming weeks, I think there is a potential that some sort of comprehensive agreement between all of these countries can get put into place. You know, let's uh, change gears just a little bit and talk about uh, what we talked about in the last segment. So here we also have coming at the same time this you know, meeting on Friday – and then it also broke that uh, Pioneer Natural Resources, Scott Sheffield, and Parsley Energy are requesting an actual meeting with the Texas Railroad Commission. Yes. Uh, talk to me about what do you think they want to there, – there are some mechanisms potentially in place that the Texas Railroad Commission could use, and I think that's what they're going to be asking. So explain all that to us. Yeah. What, is, what is the mechanism that they have, and what do you think the, the two energy independent energy companies are going to be requesting the Railroad Commission to do? Yes, and, and the regular readers of Shell Magazine, just a little commercial for our magazine, will know that we have written about this power on several occasions. And the, the fact is that the Railroad Commission and other regulators in states like North Dakota and, and Oklahoma and New Mexico and Wyoming have the authority to establish limits on production on a well-by-well basis uh, on wells that are within their state borders. And, and so... Parsley and, and Pioneer are going to the Railroad Commission, They've, and their commission is granted the hearing, uh, to discuss whether or not the Railroad Commission should, in its duty to prevent waste, which is why the Railroad Commission exists, is to prevent waste of Texas natural resources, uh, the commission could potentially rule that selling crude oil at far below uh, prices that could be obtained in a normal market situation uh, constitutes waste of that resource. And they could say, look, we're going to limit what you can produce from each well. They can do that by limiting the number of days. You can have your well online. They can do it by giving you a specific barrel quota per well. Um, and, And so they do have that authority. That having been said, it's a very, you know, it's a political hot potato because, uh, again, many in the industry itself are not going to be in favor of that. And it's right. a very complex thing for them to do. And, and right. with the commission's computer systems, really, uh, it, well, it's not staffed to do that, and, and the computer systems are really inadequate. So interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that hearing goes. When we come back from break, I want to talk about the whole t- topic of the UN climate change and what's happening on that forefront. You're listening to an old patch radio show. We'll be right back. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine. 
David, before the break, we've covered a lot very quickly. Uh, and of course, that's what our show, the shows are going to be about uh, from now on until further notice uh, when we're finally released off of house arrest, if you will. But, you know, there's so much happening in the oil and gas sector. And earlier in the show, we talked about the meeting with President Trump that's scheduled to happen. We talked about the meeting that the Texas Railroad Commission is scheduled to have with some of the independents. And President Trump's tweet that he is confident that Saudi Arabia and Russia will come to some kind of agreement, hopefully stopping this price war between them that is having such a huge impact on the United States and our producers. But as a result of all these things coming together simultaneously, plus the coronavirus, um, there also seems to be oil prices that are continuing to climb just a little bit. So, you know, they have fallen off <laughs> the charts. Off the and cliff, yeah. So now they're starting to come back. Is this just a temporary thing? What do you see happening with oil prices as a result of all these different meetings and chatter going on in the energy industry? Yeah, I, and it did go up 20% on Thursday. Uh, I, you know, I view that as a temporary blip. Um, if unless, you know, these meetings that are going to be happening over the next week or two uh, bear some really substantial fruit and are able to calm the markets and uh, and begin closing this gigantic. I mean, this is the biggest oil glut we have ever had on the market. Mm-hmm. It, it may be 20 million barrels a day uh, overproduction, uh, production oversupply. So if there's a deal made here over the next week or so, a global deal, a comprehensive deal involving all the major players uh, to, that begins to close that gap, that glut, then I think we could see the, the price firm up, you know, into at least the 30s and maybe, you know, begin approaching $40 again. But we have to realize that that the price had already fallen into the low $40 range for West Texas Air Media. Before uh, the pandemic, uh, right, right when the pandemic was happening, correct? Yeah, just, just due to the coronavirus impacts, okay? Mm-hmm. Without, before the OPEC Plus deal fell apart and Russia and Saudi Arabia get, went crazy, price had already dropped 20 to 30%. So um, even if there is a comprehensive global deal made on production, it's it's you're still not going to see the price get up around fifty to sixty dollars again where it really needs to be yeah. uh, anytime soon. So uh, until the economy begins coming back and all that demand uh, begins coming back again, at once we get past the coronavirus issue. What do you also think about the area of where the UN now has reset their very very important? <laughs> climate change meeting that was scheduled mm-hmm. uh, to happen at what in November I think is when it was scheduled and as a result of the coronavirus uh, the virus is throwing this wrench into the efforts of these global uh, combating global warming and there's a lot I'm sure a lot of reasons why but their announcement that they were first of all going to hold it in uh, Glasgow Scotland has been po- postponed until the following year talk to me about um, how big of a problem do you think the virus is going to be in, in, in changing the topic, if you will, about the climate change and global warming right. and all these things? Because it was pretty aggressive. They've been pretty aggressive, and they just seem to have also 
fallen by the wayside. You don't hear that anymore. And it's like, please, nobody really wants to hear about that right now when we have such big yeah. problems going on. But uh, why do you think uh, the UN is, is pushing it back? And, and how do you think it's going to combat the, the, the global warming prospects that they have been trying to do with, of course, the world and changing right. governments? So there's two sides to this. First of all, you know, the climate change activism community, uh, anytime one of these big conferences gets interrupted or delayed, it's a major problem for them because so much of what they're trying to accomplish revolves around their alarmist messaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in the, the news media parents for them and, 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 and their models, their climate models, uh, uh, all the alarmist results that the models show that are never proven to be accurate, mm-hmm. just like we're seeing, frankly, with the coronavirus, to be honest with you. But anyway, so there's two sides to this. Uh, the economic depression we're about to put ourselves in to fight this virus is going to help them achieve the goals of, of reducing emissions, right? I mean, But not because know, of something that they did. It was actually right. accidentally yeah. being done. <laughs> right. But so they're getting their way in terms of reduction of, of emissions, which is, you know, they've always wanted to kill any economic growth because they view economic growth as a problem. So they're getting that, but they're not able to take credit for it. So, so their problem for the activist community is they don't get to take credit for any of this. And the delay of this conference means that, you know, they also don't get all that messaging amplified within the news media uh, because they're not, you know, all flying in on private jets to wherever they were going to have this gigantic climate conference, you know, with their huge CO2 footprints. Right. Um, and, and, and Dang so those Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Dang those well, Chinese it's, for stealing our thunder. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so the other thing that's happening is not just this. We're seeing states, state after state after state, pull back on their, their climate regulations, right, mm-hmm. and all their climate taxes. And, and the federal government is... Is not you know, EPA is not enforcing a whole raft of climate regulations while we're fighting this virus, and so we're seeing that in a crisis, all of a sudden this stuff that all these activists have been telling us that uh, is absolutely vital to our future and our very survival ends up being frankly unnecessary. It's a lot of extra stuff that society really doesn't need to have to deal with during a crisis. Well, what does that say about all this stuff? When the situation is normal, if it's not necessary in a crisis, do you really need all this stuff uh, when, when you're living life as normal? And that's going to be, ultimately, when we come out of this, it's going to be a big question all these alarmists are going to have to answer because, you know, they're losing big time on all their regulatory push that they've spent 20 years putting in place right now. I couldn't agree with you more. It's funny how those things work. When one new crisis comes up, it knocks another one out of the way. And uh, this might actually be an opportunity to have a different discussion, a a reasonable discussion when we come out from uh, the coronavirus pandemic, if you will. When we come back from break, speaking of the pandemic, I do want to take a little bit of time to talk about that. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oil Field Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. 
Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three- and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. And we're back. You're listening to on the Wool Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine. Whew, David, we got through all the topics, everything energy that are just seem to be exploding all over the place pertaining to energy. And now I want to switch gears and bring us to the pandemic. And of course, everyone is uh, very aware of what's going on. Everyone is, is stuck in their homes and everybody wants to know when's this going to end. I think that the president doing his you know, daily briefings has really worked not just in his favor, but also given reassurance that the community, that the American people are, are, are really getting the latest information daily. But yeah. you wrote about it on your personal blog, uh, the, the DB Daily Update, and yeah. your title is uh, No One Elected David Fauci to Run America for the Next 18 Months, and you seem to have a real different opinion than... Uh, the average person. Talk to me about what's going on there with, with, with your <laughs> blog and uh, what what uh, point are you trying to get yeah. across? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I do see that happens often with me. Um, I have different opinions. I do um, too. That's so, why we get along so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have the same concern about what, what our country is doing with, with the coronavirus as I do about all the climate change stuff which is driven completely on models, right, all these computer models that are only as Dr. Fauci himself and Dr. Burks, the two experts on all of this, continue to say these models are only as good as what you put into them, okay? Mm-hmm. And the output you get depends entirely on what the variables are that you put in at the front end of the model. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're running our whole country right now. Uh, and our response to this virus is being based on a model that barely 10 days ago was projecting a million to 2 million dead Americans as a result of this virus. Mm -hmm. And now suddenly this week is projecting between 100,000 and 200,000 as the inputs get to be better. It's a model that is still assuming, despite the existence of, of a very effective set of drugs, malaria drugs, that have proven to be almost 100% effective in fighting this virus. This model continues to assume there is no effective treatment to cure people when they have the virus. It's assuming there is no vaccine, which there isn't and won't be. As Dr. Fauci said on Wednesday, we don't have a virus for at least 12 to 18 months. 
And in that Wednesday press conference, Dr. Fauci also said something that's very disturbing, is if the president continues to follow his advice, he's not going to try to restart our economy until not only we've gotten on the downside of this curve they keep talking about, but until we get to the point where we're showing almost no one, no more infections of the virus, which he believes, Fauci believes, will be over a year. And and my my belief, and, and I think it's it's really not that much different than a lot of people's belief, is that we, we might be able to do this shutting ourselves in our houses for the month of April without having major civil unrest and still be able to restart our economy and get it back to some semblance of growth over the following two quarters. But if we try to do this for a year, we're going to be in a, in a global depression that will, will never end in our lifetimes, okay? You can't just turn the United States $22 trillion a year economy off for a year. I don't really And a year think... later, expect to be able to restart it. Right. You can't and, do that. And I don't think then, I mean, I think that if that's the case, they, Trump probably, President Trump is probably going to tell him goodbye because I don't think he will well, even I think allow... so too. Yeah. And, and I think and, the American and people are going to be packing their bags right. like, we're dead anyway. I mean, seriously, we know that this is a pandemic and it's serious for a lot of people, but these people kind of know who they are, stay home, limit access, uh, but... The world goes on, and so does our economy, and it has to. So I think that any American, a senior, someone that reasonably would say, you can't stop the United States economy for me. You know, I've lived my life. I've lived a great life. I've enjoyed my life. And I'm not trying to kill anyone. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, though, that there's a reasonable amount of time and reasonable way of thinking. I agree with you. And then there's just absolutely this cannot happen. Uh, You think the Great Depression was bad. Um, And most of us don't remember it uh, because we're not old enough. Um, You know, you could see things like that. All bad, ugly things are going to start happening all over if if that were to happen. I I could see that very easily, too. Yeah, and at some point, you just have to shift. My whole point of this is, yes, we don't want anyone to die. We want to minimize the deaths. But as we see with the flu virus, even when you have what the CDC calls a vaccine, we're losing forty to 60,000 people a year in this country to the common flu, okay? So even when a vaccine comes along, it's not necessarily going to prevent you. The the current flu vaccine is just 30 to 40% effective. Right. So if we're going to sit around and wait for that, we're we're killing ourselves for no good reason. Right. And our economy and our children's uh, legacy, I mean, there's a lot at stake here, and I agree with you. Um, So, again, just in, in, in closing down this topic, you and I are not saying that the pandemic is not serious and that we should you know, oh, all go out of our homes. Yes. Uh, but we are saying within reason, you know, we're going to have to start looking at coming out of our homes sooner than later uh, and getting back to work. Let's switch gears. You have created a new blog that I just love. It's a, a blog that can be found on Shell, the 10 things you need to know, oil and gas. It's a daily blog. And uh, tell us a little bit about what our listeners can learn from your daily blogs. Yes, yeah, so it's it's a daily thing, as you say. I, I try to have it posted no later than 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and what I try to do is, is scan the news uh, each morning, which I do anyway, and, and select the 10 most important, what I see as the most important articles related to oil and gas that, that come out every morning. And I put it 
I'd summarize them in a single place with links to the actual articles. I try to use only articles that don't require you to go through a paywall. Right. So you're not going to see articles that from the Washington Post. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it's going to be articles you can access, that you can read, and that I provide a summary of just to give you the highlight along with a link. And, and I think it's just uh, what I'm trying to do is get people away to log in to shellmag.com at 10 o'clock in the morning every weekday and see 10 things that, I, that are really important for them to understand about what's happening in the oil and gas industry that day. Right. Uh, so I hope it's useful to people. I welcome anybody's feedback uh, to tell me how I can approve it, and, uh, and we'll just keep doing it. Well, we're excited about it, and we're going to do one thing along with that, is if our readers and our listeners go to shellmag.com and, and click on the 10 things you need to know daily, they are also going to be able to sign up for the e-blast that should be released as well. Um, if they want it to go into their mailbox instead of um, you know coming into Shell, we can also try to do that as well for some of the listeners if they request it specifically. So, David, thank you. It was great talking to you again. I look forward to having you on next week, which I'm sure everything we talked about today will no longer apply. We'll be talking about totally exactly. different topics once again. <laughs> thank you for joining us on the show today. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. We'll be right back.